May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So we live in a world that is mostly what you see is what you get. You know, over these last 15, 16, I've lost count of how many months. That's been less the case because we could hide behind masks. And so we could stick our tongue out at people when they give us a bad response. We could hide our frowns for when we're stressful. Surprisingly, when I wore a mask over this past year, um, and if I was wearing a baseball cap, I got carded at the grocery store. Like, I've never been carded in my life because I've been bald. I've looked like this up top since I was 18. But we live in a world where we think what you see is what you get. We think we can read everything on people's faces. We think we can read everything in people's appearance. We think what we see is what we get. Now this approach certainly has its benefits, right? It's easier. It's definitive, we think, when all that we see is all that there is. It's easier to grasp. It's easier to understand. It's more efficient. But that approach isn't without problems. Because if you're like me, you, we, tend to see what we want to see. We tend to look for what we want to see. You think about it, just because we look at the same thing, two of us, any two of us, we're going to see something completely different. Just think of the times that maybe your kids have come up when something happened, right? There was a big bang in their room and something happened and they come running down. Maybe this is just me. They both come running downstairs because they want to be first. And they both give their side of the story. Two people, reasonably normal for kids, see the exact same thing. But their experience of it, their story of it, what they tell about it is completely different. We do the same thing. We can sit shoulder to shoulder with others, experience, see the same thing, and have completely different experiences of it. Because we tend to see what we want to see. I remember taking my younger son to the park one afternoon when he was in the early elementary grades. We walked the trails, we talked, we laughed, we did all those things that you do. And it was hot, the sun was out, and I was tired. And so we came up to a tree to maybe catch some shade for a little bit, and there was a bird that was really noisy. Right? I maybe wasn't in the best mood to embrace the beauty of God's creation, and so there was this bird that was just making a lot of noise. And so I, trying to be a good dad, I was like, Walker, look, look at that bird. Isn't it so loud? Right when inside, I wanted to say something different. And Walker, who at the time was probably four or five, he said, yeah, and it's talking to me. This bird is telling me he wants to stay. This bird is saying he loves me. And I look down at him and I try to smile and not hide my contempt for this bird that wants us to stay in the sun longer. Because what I saw was an annoyance. 
What I saw was maybe even just a bird that was making a lot of noise. But my son saw something different. My son saw the beauty in creation. My son saw a creature that he wanted to be in relationship with. The way he said, this bird loves me, this bird wants me to stay. My son saw something deeper there. When I saw an annoyance that was keeping me from getting home, my son saw something that invited him to look in a different way, to sit for a moment and just be present. Because I think what we see and how we see is often determined by what we bring to the situation. My son and all his awe and wonder brought an open mind. Me and my frustration and my sweatiness and my exhaustion brought annoyance. And so we saw completely different things. So I think one of the key roles of scripture for us in our tradition and in our lives is to help train us how to see. There are things in there, it tells us what to see, it tells us what to believe. Yes, that's true about scripture, but I also think it's a tool to help train us how to see more broadly. When we read scripture, it gives us practice in how we see when we encounter things in our lives. Take our first reading today from Samuel. The Lord said to Samuel, The Lord does not see as mortals see. The Lord says to Samuel, Humans see outward appearances. Humans see the way people dress. Humans see how big and strong and tough and smart people are. But the Lord looks at the heart. How is our reading from Samuel training us to look at the heart? And then in our second reading today, Paul reminds us, he reminds the Corinthians, he reminds the followers of Jesus that we walk by faith, not by sight. So in these two pieces of scripture today, we're being trained that looks can be deceiving. We're being trained that God looks for things a way different than maybe you and I and we look for things. Because that what you see is what you get mentality that we often or that I often bring to situations. It's too limiting for God. If all we see is what's on the surface, that's too narrow, that's too small for what God can see, for what God does see. Because looking just on the surface of a person or of a situation, it offers no hope of reconciliation. It offers no path for forgiveness. It offers no hope for healing. Because seeing just on the surface just shrugs its shoulders, throws up its hands, says this is all there is. But God looks deeper. We try to walk by sight and by what we can see. Jesus invites us to walk by faith 
and to walk by what God can see. And that's what Jesus' parables are about as well, inviting us to look in a different way, to look more deeply at what Scripture says, what Jesus says, but also to look more deeply at what's happening in our lives. Parables ask us to let go of this what-you-see-is-what-you-get mentality and trust that what we see, what we can see, isn't all that there is. In today's parable, we're invited to see how God is always working, whether we see it or not. We're invited to see that God is up to something, even when we dismiss something. God is at work in our lives like a seed scattered upon the earth. Jesus says in today's parable, as a seed does its seed thing, God does God's thing. The kingdom does the kingdom thing. We may not understand it, just as the parable says, the scripture says, this person doesn't understand how the seed grows from a shoot to a stalk to a bloom. We may not understand how God is at work in our lives. We may not even feel sometimes that God is at work in our lives. But that doesn't mean that God isn't at work in our lives. In first century Palestine, the mustard seed, which is the seed that's talked about in our parable today, it was an invasive seed. It was considered a weed. Right? Our scripture alludes to that, that it starts really small and then it takes over and it becomes the biggest thing in the garden. And if your garden's anything like mine, I use the term garden loosely. Weeds quickly become the biggest thing in the garden. Sometimes despite our best efforts. As weeds take over the garden, that's how the kingdom of God can work. That's how the kingdom of God does work. Because the kingdom of God, yes, it invites us to help in building up and raising up and proclaiming the kingdom of God. But sometimes it happens despite our efforts to try to kill it to try to hold it at bay, to try to pull it up out of the ground. Just like sometimes we try to get rid of those weeds in our garden and somehow they keep coming back, so the kingdom of God, so the life of Jesus Christ that is alive in us, it keeps coming back, even in those times when we don't feel it, even in those times when we try to rid ourselves of it. The kingdom of God, the life of Christ in us, keeps coming back. Behind every seed, behind every weed, behind the facades that we put up, when we look beyond the what you see is what you get, we can start to glimpse at what God is doing. Scripture today invites us to look beyond the surface of our neighbors, of our situations, of our world. Look beyond just what we can see and look for what God 
sees. Look for the faithfulness. Look for the promise of hope. Look for the promise of healing that's beyond what we can see. Amen.